Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. You're about to listen to a Women in Tech Remix episode, where we present to you a curated selection of impactful clips from previous episodes that you may have missed. And be sure to follow the links in the show notes to listen to the full episodes. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Hi, this is Jessica Chang. I'm the CEO and co-founder of WeCare. We are a early childcare marketplace. I'm based in Los Angeles, California. I think... I can probably give an example. I can give many examples, but I think one that's probably more relevant to everyone right now is COVID. And I'm sure a lot of companies were going through a pretty hard phase, like in middle March where everything shut down. And to be honest, we were really scared too, because, you know, when it comes to viruses, kids are the worst spreader of viruses. Let's all be honest. Like every time there's flu season, I'll probably get the flu. Every time there's a cold season, I will get the cold because my kids will bring whatever is at their daycare home. You know, that's a scary fact that that's just, just like most parents understand, right? So when COVID hit, that was the assumption too. We were all really scared of like, hey, what's going to happen with children? Because we didn't know enough back then. And children spread diseases really easily. We've got to shut down everything. And that was a big hit. Like we were really progressing well. We were expanding. We were nationwide. (laughs) And suddenly everything shut down. And it was scary. As a founder, you have to go back to your employees and be like, oh, so our company is going to take a significant dip, but we're going to get through this. And I think that was a really difficult thing for us because basically you know, maybe that's a good thing of being a startup. You're always thinking about like, okay, like if this isn't working, how do we make it work? So that was kind of the part that we were trying to do is like, we really pushed through because, you know, I think having the experience of another crisis, like the financial crisis and being able to overcome that helped to kind of prepare. It's like, okay, yeah, this sucks, but let's not dwell on it. What can we be proactive about? And to be honest, we were we actually came up with two new business line items during the pandemic when there was a lot of uncertainty. Both business line items are growing really well. And now post, well, not post COVID, still during COVID, you know, starting in July and going forward, we've been growing double digits month after month. And it took that time. I mean, first of all, Yay. <laughs> That's a big deal. Yeah. It's just kind of taking a different mindset. Like we were, I think for most of it, I mean, we were definitely really scared. So let's all be honest, everyone's scared and it's okay to admit that we were all scared. It's that mentality of like, well, either we can let it affect us or we can take it and run with it and be like, okay, now given the situation is what it is, well, what do people need right now? 
And talk to me about your team. How large is your team? So our team isn't really that large. You know, we've got about like probably about 20 people in LA. Okay, that's large. (laughs) (laughs) It's not large for a growing startup company. (laughs) But we also have team members that are outside. And I think that's one of the cool things about what remote work has taught us because we were big on like everyone needs to be here because we have meetings and it's good to understand what people are doing. And then we realized we're like, oh, well, people can be productive working from home. And if that's the case, maybe we can have other people like move out of California and still be working for the company. And maybe we can actually hire really good engineers that didn't have to be in LA and could also work remotely. We have other people that are outside of Los Angeles, but it kind of gave us a new concept of like, yeah, this remote working environment might actually work. And maybe some people actually prefer that than actually being in an office. This is Eva Rentero from Sopra Steria based in Scotland. I am a data scientist and we are a European leader in consulting digital services and software development. For the, for the basic, uh, I've been doing martial arts for 18 years now. It is a Japanese martial art. So they teach you that you need to be strong enough and flexible enough with yourself to be able to help anybody else. So that is my thought every day. So if, if I am not okay, I'm not going to be able to do anything. I'm not going to be able to help myself more. I'm not going to be able to deliver my job. I'm not going to be able to help anybody else, like my friends or my family. Also, I do a checklist every single night and I implement these new changes uh, like very, very in a slow motion. I cannot implement a new habit a month, like all those new, uh, how can I say, waves are trying to make us think that, no, you should drink three liters of water. You should do exercise. You should do yoga. You should do a stretching. You need to do mindfulness. Welcome to my brain. And then it's like, (laughs) that's what my brain sounds like. Yeah, exactly. And the other day, like, can I have five minutes to have a heart attack, please? (laughs) So we need to start step by step. And also what it works for you probably is not going to work for me. There is many people is doing yoga. Yoga doesn't work for me. Martial arts, in my case, is yoga for me because we are doing everything for two hours. Like everything is just low motion, uh, working out, being super calm, very concentrated, very focused. I cannot do yoga, but I can do that. You cannot do martial arts, for example. Maybe you can do yoga. So in the morning, you need to think one day, you need to sit down with yourself and say, okay, from all those habits in social media, which ones are the ones that probably are going to fit with me the best? In my case, uh, drinking water in the morning has changed my life because now I don't have headaches. And not because I was stressed, it's because I was dehydrated. <laughs> Nobody told me about it. So first thing in the morning, drinking water, great. Stretches, well, after a month, you can stretch every day, every morning. In the first month, every day, without any knowledge, you're going to break because you are just stiff from that. So you need to make a list and you need to prioritize. For me, I love reading. I don't have time for reading. So what is the point to be pushing myself to have 10 minutes to read a book when I will maybe prefer to having cuddles for 10 minutes before bed. So we need to stop. We need to slow down. Habits are amazing. They can change your life, but we don't have to have 15 different habits. They're all good, but they're probably most of us are not going to be good for you. So you need right. to choose your own ones. I feel like I just went to like 
a wellness session. Like, first of all, you understand what it's like to live inside my brain. FYI, speaking of all this wellness, you have a weight behind you, I just noticed, which is I awesome. know, I know, I do. <laughs> I just love it. It's everything I've been thinking about. And uh, yeah, I think you just helped all of us get just a little bit closer to the lives that we want to be living. One of the most powerful things I heard recently was it's something like habits create your future. Like you can't mm-hmm. control people try so hard to wish or hope or aim for the certain thing and really fast within a year, but then they don't do the habits or day or week or month. They don't do the habits to lead up to that. Mm -hmm. So by just deciding on your habits, you could essentially predict your future, which I thought was really interesting. It is interesting. And I do believe in that. And I do agree. Hey, I'm Rebecca Moore. I work for Google. I lead the Google Earth team. I'm based in Santa Cruz. I could probably think of many, but one may be like a personal tendency rather than an external obstacle. There are tons of external ones too that I could probably come up with, but an internal one is is perfectionism, right? That I I, I just tend to to really be to be perfectionist and also also to think that I used to think that there's one right answer to things. And my job is to get all the data and figure out the right answer before I would make a decision and move forward. And I remember one time in grad school where I was trying to decide which professor would be my advisor. And I was just completely stuck because they were both good and I couldn't decide and there were pros and cons and it felt like an obstacle because I was spending a very long time trying to figure it out. And finally, and I, I figured that only one of them was the right answer. And finally a friend of mine said, you know what, throw the I Ching. I don't know if you know the I Ching. Mm -hmm. It's called the Chinese book of changes. And you ask a question and then you throw like, five coins or six coins and you read off the heads and tails or you throw sticks and it gives you a number between one and 64 and you look that up and there's a message that's supposed to be the answer to the question that you pose when you throw the I Ching. And so I said, okay, tell me which professor should be my advisor. And I threw the I Ching and the answer that came back was everything furthers. I'm like, everything furthers. And then I read it and it says, you have multiple paths, but any of them will take you to a fortuitous destination and just begin your journey and, you know, be mindful along the way and be prepared to make mid-course career. I was like, I can't believe this is such a perfect answer. And, you know, and I, I really still remember it to this day because I realize, I, and I, I hold this to be true today, that many times we think, oh, there's one right answer to something and, and we have to figure it out. And often... And this is true, absolutely true in technology as well, that it's often best to make a good, you know, choose a good direction, you know, put a good design out there. This is the sort of iterate and improve and and get user feedback, like get started, get feedback and, you know, correct it as you go. I became much less uh, paralyzed after that and much more bias toward action, as they might say in in tech circles. Rebecca, you and I have a lot in common. We're both introverted perfectionists. (laughs) 
<laughs> like cultivating our extroverted skill set. <laughs> so who has been a mentor along your journey? You know, it's funny. I don't know if this is the right answer, but I think I resisted mentors for a long time in my career because I was pretty independent and I also didn't want to bother anyone. And I felt like I should be able to figure things out myself. And it was really sort of in the, maybe I would say the middle of my career that I had an interaction with actually one of uh, my, my first boss at Google and I was sort of stuck on something and I hadn't wanted to bother him. And he finally became aware of it. And he's like, I want to help you. Like, I'm here to help you. I'm here to unblock you. I'm here to support you. Like, use me as a resource. <laughs> it sounds so obvious, right? But uh, I, it was kind of an epiphany for me. And then I've been much more comfortable since then. And I've had really good, you know, a number of good mentors since then where I've let myself uh, just really be open with them with what my struggles are and where I need help. And, you know, I keep being surprised at how much people want to help. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.